Volume three, chapter twelve of A Charming Fellow. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A Charming Fellow by Francis Eleanor Trollope. Volume three, chapter twelve. Miss Chubb could keep a secret. She was proud of being entrusted with one. She was much gratified when Rhoda Maxfield, on the Monday after Diamond's proposal, called at the maiden lady's modest lodgings, and confided to her the fact that Mr. Diamond had asked her to marry him, and that she had accepted him, subject to her father's consent. It may seem strange that Rhoda should have chosen to make this confidence to Miss Chubb, rather than to Mrs. Errington, or to Minnie Bodkin, with both of whom she was more intimate. But she told Miss Chubb that she wanted her help. "'My help, my dear? I'm sure I don't know how I can help you, but if I can, I will, and I congratulate you sincerely. I have seen how it would be all along. You know I told you that a certain gentleman was falling over head and ears in love a long time ago, didn't I, now?' Rhoda acknowledged that it was so, and then she said that she had come to ask a great favour. Would Miss Chubb mind saying a word or two on Mr. Diamond's behalf to her father?' father told me this morning after breakfast that he should make some inquiries about mr diamond i am quite sure that nothing will come out that is not honourable to him i am not in the least afraid of that and i believe dr bodkin will praise him very highly but he will not perhaps say the sort of thing that would please father most he will tell him what a good scholar he is and all that but he will never think of making father understand that mr diamond is looked upon as being as much a gentleman as he is himself gentlefolks like dr bodkin take those things for granted but father would like to be told them he thinks so very much of my marrying above my own class for of course i have learnt enough to know that mr diamond belongs to a very different sort of people from mine i understand my dear returned miss chubb nodding her head shrewdly and you may depend on my doing my best if i have the chance but i am afraid it is not likely that mr maxfield will consult me on the subject i told him to come to you father knows you are one of the few people with whom mr diamond has associated in whitford why don't you send him to mrs errington oh i forgot your father and she are too miss chubb laughed to cover a little confusion on her own part for she guessed that rhoda might have other reasons for not asking miss errington's testimony in favour of her suitor then she added quickly or minnie bodkin now minnie's word would go farther with your father than mine would and minnie and mr diamond are such cronies you had better send him to minnie no thank you but why not good gracious she is the very person no i think not we don't wish it known until father has given his decided consent i have only told you in confidence miss chubb but if the doctor knows it minnie must know it and if i know it why shouldn't she no thank you i don't want to ask miss minnie about it i wonder why that is now pondered miss chubb when rhoda was gone and very probably rhoda could not have told her why old maxfield duly paid his visit to miss chubb the good-natured little woman waited at home all day lest she should miss him and about an hour after her early dinner mr maxfield sent in his respects and would be glad to have a word with her if she were at leisure i hope you will overlook the intrusion marm said maxfield standing up with his hat in his hand just inside the door of the little sitting-room where miss chubb asked him to walk in no intrusion at all mr maxfield i am very glad to see you please to sit down he obeyed and holding his thick stick upright before him and his hat on his knees he thus began i'm not a-going to waste your time and mine with vain and worldly discourse ma'am i am a man as knows the value of time thanks be and i have a serious matter on my mind you know my daughter rhoda i know rhoda and like her and admire her very much yes rhoda is a girl such as you don't see many like her there's a young man seeking her in marriage i'm not surprised at that no there has been several others too but she gave him no encouragement nor should i have been willing that she should 
some of them were persons in my own rank of life and that would not do for rhoda i think you are quite right there mr maxfield rhoda is naturally very refined and she has associated a good deal with persons of cultivated manners i don't think rhoda would be happy if she were obliged to give up certain little graces of life which a great many excellent people can do without perfectly well maxfield nodded approvingly you speak with a good deal of judgment ma'am said he with an air of recognised authority on wisdom but it isn't only that rhoda will have money a great deal of money more than some folks that holds their heads very high ever had or will have now it is but just and rightful that i should expect her husband to bring some advantages in return of course and i am sure you are too sensible a man not to consider that the best thing a husband could bring in exchange would be an honest loving heart and a real esteem and respect for your daughter little miss chubb became quite fluttered after making this speech and coloured as if she had been a girl of eighteen not at all returned old max decisively the loving heart and the esteem and respect are due to my rhoda if she hadn't a penny in return for her fortin i expect something over and above oh exclaimed miss chubb a good deal taken aback now i don't feel sure that the young man in question has that something over and above it is mr matthew diamond tutor at the grammar school in this town a most excellent young man and i am sure most devotedly in love with rhoda but very poor and not of much account in the world as far as i can make out oh don't say that mr maxfield he is proud and shy and has kept himself aloof from society because he chose to do so but he would be a welcome guest anywhere in the town or county young mr pawkins of pudcombe hall quite courts him he is always asking him to go over there this much and more miss chubb valiantly spoke on behalf of matthew diamond in his character of rhoda's wooer and then she expatiated on the excellent position he would hold as master of dorrington school it was such a select seminary and so many of the first county people sent their boys there dear me said miss chubb it seems to me to be the very position for rhoda not too far from whitford and yet not too near of course she couldn't keep up all her old acquaintances here could she and altogether so refined and scholastic and quiet and really mr maxfield see how everything turns out for the best i thought at one time that young Addington was very much smitten with rhoda but if she had taken him you wouldn't have been so satisfied with her position in life now would you with all his talent and connection see what a poor place he has of it mr diamond has done best ten to one this was a master-stroke and made a great impression on old max not that the latter even now was at all dazzled by the prospect of having the headmaster of dorrington school for his son-in-law but miss chubb's allusion did suffice to show him that the world would consider diamond to be a triumphantly successful man in comparison with errington oh him said maxfield in a tone of bitter contempt no such as him was not for miss maxfield and i'll tell you moreover that i don't know but what she's throwing herself away more or less if she takes this other she's a great catch for him i know the world and i know that she is a great catch but i've felt latterly one or two warnings that my end is near dear me mr maxfield don't say so i'm sure you look very hearty exclaimed miss chubb much startled by this cool announcement that my end is near repeated old max doggedly and i wish to set my house in order and see my daughter provided for before i go and she seems to be contented with this young man rhoda ain't just easy to please it may be a long time if ever before she found some one to suit her so well miss chubb was a little shocked at this singularly prosaic and unemotional way of treating the subject of love and marriage as to which she herself preserved the most romantic freshness of ideas 
she would have liked the young couple to be like the lovers in a story-book and the father to bestow his daughter and his blessing with tears of joy however she did her best to encourage mr maxfield in giving his consent after his own fashion and they parted on excellent terms with each other that dry old chip jonathan maxfield has been to see me to-day said dr bodkin after dinner to his wife and daughter he came to ask me what prospect i thought diamond had of getting the mastership of dorrington explaining to me that diamond was a suitor for his daughter's hand it took me quite by surprise had you any inkling of the matter minnie oh yes papa dear me well women see these things so quickly hm well master diamond has shown good taste i must say that little rhoda is the prettiest girl i know and such a sweet soft lovable creature i think she's too good for him it is a singular thing but i have remarked very often that men in general are apt to think pretty girls too good for anybody but themselves the doctor frowned and then smiled have you so sauce-box he said i don't know about her being too good for him said mrs bodkin in her quick low tones but i suppose he knows very well what he is about old maxfield has feathered his nest very considerably it will be a very good match for a poor man like matthew diamond mrs bodkin had for some time past exhibited symptoms of dislike to diamond she never had a good word for him she was almost rancorous against him at times although she seldom allowed the feeling to express herself in words before her daughter minnie understood it all very well poor mother she thought to herself she cannot forgive him i wish i could persuade her that there is nothing to forgive how could he help it if i was a fool yet the mother and daughter had never exchanged a word on the subject and minnie comforted herself with the conviction that her mother was the only person in the world who guessed her secret mamma has a sixth sense where i am concerned said she to herself i hope you said a good word for the lovers to mr maxfield papa she said aloud in a clear cheerful voice i had not much to say i told him that i thought diamond stood a good chance of getting dorrington school when will it be known positively papa about dorrington oh before christmas i should say by the end of the first week in december diamond will be a loss to me but i shall be glad of his promotion he's a gentleman and a very good fellow although his manner is a trifle self-opinionated and added the doctor shaking his head and lowering his voice as one does who is forced to admit a painful truth i am sorry to say that his views as to the use of the digamma are by no means sound perhaps rhoda won't find that a drawback to her happiness said minnie laughing her sweet musical laugh probably not puss then the reverend peter warlock and mr dockett dropped in a whist-table was made up in the drawing-room the doctor and mr dockett won three rubbers out of four against mrs bodkin and the curate and the latter being seated where he could command a full view of minnie as she reclined near the fire with a book made two revokes and drew down upon himself a very severe homily and a practical lecture or short course on the science of whist illustrated by all the errors he had made during the evening from dr bodkin for the doctor although he liked to win cared not for inglorious victory and was almost as indignant with his opponents as with his partner for any symptom of slovenly play the rev peter's brow grew serious even to gloom and it seemed to him as if the doctor's scoldings were almost more than human patience could endure i don't mind losing my sixpences thought the curate and i could make up my mind to sacrificing an hour or two over those accursed i am afraid he did mentally use that strong expression those thrice accursed bits of pasteboard but to be lectured and scolded at into the bargain he arose from the green table with an almost defiant sullenness however when the tray was brought in and the victimized gentleman had comforted his inner man with hot nagus and was at liberty to sip it 
in close proximity to miss bodkin's chair and had received one or two kind looks from miss bodkin's eyes and several kind words from miss bodkin's lips his heart grew soft within him and he began to think that even six ten a dozen rubbers of whist with the doctor would not be too high a price to pay for these privileges then they talked of diamond's engagement to rhoda it had been spoken of all over whitford hours ago and of his prospects and mr warlock was quite effusive in his rejoicings on both scores he had been dimly jealous of minnie's regard for diamond and was heartily glad of the prospect of getting rid of him mr dockett too seemed to think the match a desirable one he pursed up his mouth and looked knowing as he dropped a mysterious hint as to the extent of rhoda's dowry i made old max's will myself said he and without violating professional secrecy i may confirm what i hear old max bruits abroad at every opportunity namely that he is a warm man a very warm man indeed but i am sure mr diamond is a young man of sound principles and will make the girl a good husband and it is decided promotion for her too you know a grocer's daughter eh i am sure i wish them well most sincerely and shall we blame mr dockett if in his fatherly anxiety he rejoiced at the removal of a dangerous rival to his little alley on whom young pawkins had recently bestowed a good deal of attention whenever rhoda maxfield was out of his reach i never knew such a popular engagement said dr bodkin innocently everybody seems to approve one might almost fear it could not be a case of true love it runs so very smooth there does not appear to be a single objection except the digamma papa except the digamma echoed the doctor merrily and when he was alone with his wife that night he remarked to her that he was immensely thankful to see the great improvement in their beloved child this winter minnie is certainly stronger said the mother and in such excellent spirits said the father End of chapter twelve